Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show all about workers' rights and social justice. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast across the country on the Community Radio Network. I'm Diana Beaumont. And I'm Jack Barry. For those listeners who live outside of Victoria, or for our Victorian listeners that have become particularly disillusioned with corporate representative democracy... You may not know, or even care, but there is a state election going on in Victoria on the 29th of November. And there is one electoral campaign that is focused exclusively on workers' issues. Now, I'm talking about the We Are Union campaign running out of Trades Hall. This is a campaign that has involved hundreds of activists from a wide spectrum of political parties and non-affiliated activists as well that have held street stalls and knocked on tens of thousands of doors to talk about workers' issues, and advising people who care about their working conditions to put Liberal last on the ballot paper. Today we talk with Luke Hilakari, the State Secretary of the Trades Hall Council here in Victoria, about the state election and the We Are Union campaign. And now for our first item for today, unionised workers at Home Ground Homelessness Services took industrial action for two hours last Thursday the 30th of October. Central to the disputed home ground is disagreement over how management should be using the additional government funding awarded to community sector organisations in the equal pay ruling at Fair Work Australia in February 2012. And joining us today is uh, to talk more about Home Ground is Mitchell Coe, who is organiser with the Australian Services Union here in Victoria for the Authorities and Services branch. Mitchell, thanks for joining us today on Stick Together. Cheers, thanks. So to understand the Home Ground dispute, we really need to recap the, the very lengthy ASU campaign for equal pay in the community sector. The ASU's been arguing since 2006 that women's work should be recognised with a significant pay increase across the community sector as a whole. And so before we discuss the latest industrial action at Home Ground, let's go back into the Stick Together archives and listen to the ASU's Tash Wark speaking to 3CR's Emma Karen back in January 2011. Some people have raised in, in this discussion around equal pay, well, but didn't women already win the right to equal pay in 1969? So... 40 years on, can you tell us about the real-world underpayment of women that work in the social and community services sector? Well, if a man and a woman are doing the same job, that kind of protection is there that they should be paid the same, be at the same classification, etc., or it's a fairly direct discrimination kind of example. But in sectors like the community sector, where it's about 87% women, um, and it's seen as very kind of female work, it's care and support, so Mm. stereotypically that's what 
women do and don't get paid for. Um, you know, like that would be one of our arguments is that that's why it's undervalued work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's why cases like this are really important because they can look at the value of the work and comparing that to things like, um, you know, industries with different kinds of gender makeups that mm -hmm. maybe, you know, there's a similar kind of expectation around things like what kind of qualifications people will bring to the job. Um, you know, what are the levels of judgment and what are the levels of accountability that people carry and, you know, what are the kind of decision-making um, the decision making that you know workers have to do on a day to day basis to perform their roles, and being able to say, well, this job actually takes a similar amount of skill, and people are expected to have a high level of functioning around X, Y, and Z, and yet it's not remunerated the same way as something maybe you know where there's similar levels of things that may be very different kind of work, but it's either male dominated or a bit more even or what have you. And then in February 2012, after the federal government agreed that the community sector award rate should be increased, Fair Work Australia finally ordered that the pay increase be implemented in community sector workplaces. Here's another interview that Stick Together's Elena McMaster did with Assistant Secretary of the ASU, Linda White, in February 2012. It's fair to say that we're uh, over the moon about the decision um, from Fair Work Australia last week to pretty much give us um, the rates of pay that we, um, uh, that we ran our case about. The only disappointing thing is, is that they've extended the time for the phase-in of, um, of those rates. We had agreed with the government six years and they've extended them to eight years and that's um, uh, a bit disappointing um, but it, you know, the whole overall it's a fabulous result and we're pretty pleased. Uh, so that takes us up to the present day. So, um, Mitchell, you're an organiser with the ASU and we're speaking to you now more than four and a half years after mm -hmm. that interview with um, Linda White was recorded. Tell us, what difference has the Equal Pay campaign had on workers in the community sector? Oh, I mean, it's been a massive difference um, for community sector workers. I mean, the award has gone up so significantly um, so essentially what it is is two pay increases every year um, for people on the award in the social and community sector. So that in itself is huge. Can you tell us roughly how much in dollar terms or in percentage terms the pay has gone up for community sector workers in recent years? Um, yeah, sure. For this year alone, so um, a community sector worker on the award um, in July will receive a 3% increase. Um, as the annual, annual minimum wage increase. Um, and then in December, um, there's a range of percentages um, depending on what classification you're on. But a level five worker within the community sector will receive a 4.1% pay increase in December, which mm. is massive. And that's why workers in most other sectors are being offered increases at well decreases of a 1% adjustment or 2% adjustment. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But the important question is, has the Equal Pay Award increase been passed on in full to employees? Obviously, the government has increased the funding to community sector agencies. Are those agencies passing it on? So one of the things that we did lose out on um, during the Fair Work decision was Clause 5 of the ERO, which states that an organisation, if they are paying a worker above the award, they are able to absorb all over-award increases until a worker hits the award, and then they pass on the equal remuneration order as per the order. 
So basically, if the Australian Services Union over the years had negotiated for workers to receive above award pay, now employers are using that as an argument not to pass on the equal pay increase. They are just using that to cover the fact that they had been paying above award award wages all these years. Yeah, there's a certain justification from um, community sector employers that now we have equal pay, it's all better now, um, so we don't need to pay above the award we can just um, keep workers on the award minimums and uh, and what we call absorb down to the award minimums. And so let's look specifically at home ground homelessness services um, where there's currently a dispute going on. Tell us what kind of work do the ASU members do there? So they do direct client contact work and um, help homeless people find homes. So how much would workers at Home Ground Homelessness Services be paid? So I'll use the example of a senior worker at Home Ground. So currently senior workers are being paid above the award roughly at around, off the top of my head, $30 an hour, um, which isn't much. I mean, they have complex jobs where they deal with complex clients they have such a long history in the sector if they are senior workers and they have university degrees. So all that for $30 an hour, which equates to, if they're a full-time worker, less than $60,000 a year. Before tax. Before tax. It's just insane. So as part of this dispute, the workers at Home Ground have taken industrial action. Tell us about the the work stoppages that they've taken part in. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, there was a two-hour stop work last week. Um, That was the second stop work that Home Ground members um, participated in. So what was involved was basically Home Ground members walking up the streets of uh, Collingwood and Fitzroy giving out flyers about their industrial action and talking to other workers in the community sector about what home ground management are trying to do. Because I imagine that other workers in the community sector are facing this similar problem of their employers trying to absorb the increased government funding that's supposed to go to wages. Well, that's it. Um, Before the equal pay decision, going to industrial action within the community sector was... um, was non-existent. Now we have equal pay. We are seeing bargaining across the sector. We're going to industrial action everywhere. Um, so home ground is only one of those services. Um, we've this year alone we've gone to many industrial action disputes at Bethany and Geelong. Um, our members at Brotherhood of St Lawrence voted up industrial action. So it's just everywhere now. Employers want to absorb that money until workers end up on the award, which just isn't fair. And so these other workplaces where ASU members have taken industrial action, is that also about this problem with the equal pay um, increase being absorbed? Yes. How um, widespread is that problem? It's very widespread. Um, So mostly when we've gone to industrial action, it has been over equal pay. And what has been the government's response to this? Because the government's agreement with the union was that they were funding a a wage increase, not um, assisting these organisations to patch up their budget with the increased funding. 
Well, as the Equal Remuneration Order says, that an organisation is able to absorb down to the award minimums. So there hasn't been very much uh, word from the government. Mm. Especially seeing as the government has changed. It was originally a Labor government (laughs) that granted the increase. That's it. Yes. So now you've had uh, two... Um, short industrial actions at Home Ground Homelessness Services here in Melbourne. What has Home Ground's response been? Um, Home Ground's response has been um, very... uh, It's kind of what you would expect from management in this sort of situation. Um, They have been ramping up their own um, sort of communication within the workplace, um, doing things like um, dissing the union, um, making workers feel bad about asking for more pay than what the award says. Um, Their justification throughout this whole process has been that now the award is wage justice. Now we have equal pay, that is wage justice. Even though we're only in the third trench of it now, Apparently, that's wage justice. (laughs) It was a sector-wide campaign by the Australian Services Union that won the Equal Pay Award increase in the first place. Now it seems like there is sector-wide avoidance of of passing the increase on in full. Mm. Is the ASU planning another sector-wide campaign to try and push employers who have been paying above the award for years to continue paying above award but above the new award? I mean, this is the um, this is why we enterprise bargain. So after the equal pay campaign, we were under no illusions that this would be tough, um, and this is how we bargain for better wages and conditions in the sector. So now we can really push employers for decent wages in the sector um, and ask for more, which is exactly what our members are doing. Mm-hmm. And my last question, the Home Grounds um, staff are still in negotiations. Is there any way that listeners can show support for them on social media or any other way? Yeah, sure. Um, they can email um, the ASU um, directly um, just with messages of support. We've been getting a lot in, um, which has been fantastic um, because, as you can imagine, any industrial dispute, our members really do feel it especially in the community sector where they care so much about their work, it really does affect um, what they do. So they don't take industrial action lightly. This is a very serious um, move by them. So any messages of support that your listeners can send in, it would be fantastic for our members at Home Ground. Well, Mitchell, co-organiser with the Australian Services Union, thanks for joining us on Stick Together today. Thank you. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Now, we're talking about the We Are Union campaign, being run out of Trades Hall here in Victoria. This is an electoral campaign that is focused solely on workers' issues, while asking people to put Liberal last on the ballot paper. Here is the Secretary of Trades Hall Council, Luke Hilakari, 
talking about why workers should be organising to get rid of this Liberal state government. This has been a nasty government. It has been a dud government for working class people, for workers. First up, we have 200,000 Victorians that don't have a job and there is absolutely no plan to get them to work. To give you a picture, 46 people every day have joined that unemployment queue. If, if, if this queue was something you could imagine, it would be a line stretching from Spring Street all the way to the closed Ford plant. This government has been an absolute dud on jobs and that's, you know, the number one thing that people are saying to us today. But there's more than that. So you mentioned TAFE. Well, we know $1.2 billion has been cut from TAFE. What does that actually mean for people? Well, that means TAFE campuses are closing. So if you're in Lilydale and, you know, the Swinburne TAFE used to be there, that's now shut. It doesn't exist. 3,000 TAFE workers have lost their jobs. And if you think of it in terms of, you know, the automotive industry and the component parts, you know, that part of manufacturing is having a really tough time at the moment. You know, we know that Ford's closing. We know that Toyota's closing. TAFE is the type of institution where you could get retrained to get your next job. Or well, how are people going to retrain when TAFE no longer exists in this state? And, you know, it's not just me who's saying it. The Auditor General said this two months ago. Came out and said 13 of our 14 TAFEs have been rated high to medium likelihood of failure. So that, that, that's a massive disappointment. Um, I think listeners should also think about health. You know, when we are at our most vulnerable, we need a couple of things to happen. We need an ambulance manned by the highest trained paramedics in Australia to come look after us. Well, that's not guaranteed. The last time they did ambulance response times, they'd blown out to something like 23 minutes. The ambulance response times have been so bad that they're refusing to publish the current ones because they think people will no longer renew their membership. That's how dodgy it is right now. And that's nothing to do with the paramedics. They work real hard, but it's about the resources that haven't been delivered by Dennis Napsine. The other problem is when you're in the ambulance, you get to a hospital, you need a bed to go into. They promised 800 new beds in the last election. So far, they've delivered 43. But what's worse than that is they've actually privatised 835 aged and mental health care beds. You know, these are places where people have worked hard all their life or they're having a difficult time and they need to go somewhere. Well, they now go to private institutions. Mm. It's disgraceful. Um, we've seen lots of other problems in Victoria too in terms of our firefighters. You would have seen them out campaigning. You know, what type of government forces firefighters to go out and campaign. You know, we had that Black Saturday that was devastating for Victoria. I know a lot of listeners would have been caught up with that. They would have had family and friends. You know, certainly I did as well. Um, and post that, they had a report. And part of that report promised new firefighters for Victoria to keep us safe. 342 of them. None of which have been delivered. They have not been delivered. Um, other things that firefighters are looking for is stuff like presumptive legislation. So when the building catches on fire, all of us evacuate, but the firefighters go in, and when they go in, they get exposed to toxins. These toxins can cause cancers. It is presumed that if a firefighter got cancer, they got it from doing their job. Mm-hmm. In other states, or even at the Melbourne, Melbourne airport, because it's covered by a federal authority, that presumption happens. It doesn't in Victoria. So this, this Premier has been a dud on health care, on education, on jobs, 
and emergency services, things a whole lot of us rely on each and every day. Now, there is a bit of a glimmer of hope uh, on the horizon in in the latest um, polls, in the latest electoral polls, especially the Galaxy poll, which had this current state government losing, losing quite badly. And now the Trades Hall has played a big role in making that happen, in making people aware of what the government's doing. Can you tell us a bit about the We Are Union campaign and what you've been, what you've been up to in terms of door knocking and, and calling people up to, to let them know what their government is doing to them? So the We Are Union campaign is the largest union campaign that's been run in Victoria around elections. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, we've knocked on 93,000 doors. By the election, we hope to get to over 100,000. And these are rank-and-file union members who are going door-to-door telling their story. Paramedics are talking about how hard it is on the job without the resources they need. Firefighters are going door-to-door saying, well, where are those 342 firefighters that we're missing? Nurses and teachers, they're all doing the same. What we think is that when a politician makes a promise, they need to be held to account. Um, We're not going to allow anyone else to tell stories for us. We're going to talk directly to the public and let them know what the real story is. Um, And so far, we've had, you know, 2,100 volunteers who have come out and joined us. Now, that's sensational. 2,100 progressives, unionists, workers, hitting doors, letting people know what else is going on. But we're also calling people. Every week at Trades Hall, we have regular phone banks both in Melbourne and Geelong on a Monday night or a Wednesday night, you can come join us. And what we're going to do in those phone banks is we're going to talk to punters again about those issues that matter because this election is only held by one seat and union members themselves have the power, if we so choose, to change elections. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of a dud government. Now, there there are a series of demands in the um, We Are Union campaign. They're all to do with workers' rights and um, that's the reason why people should put Liberal last, in, especially um, in the marginal seats where you're campaigning. Now, what are those demands? Yeah, so there's a whole sweep of demand, and it really depends on the industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about jobs to start with, something that affects all of us, we need a jobs plan. We've been banging on about getting a jobs plan for four years. We can't believe that Dennis Napthine hasn't had one until 40 days out from the election. It is clear the only job he's ever cared about is his own. His own. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's just outrageous. Yeah. Like, what, we've, we've got steel coming into WebDoc, 25,000 tonnes of it. Every bit of that steel, that comes from Korea. Mm. That could have been done in a Kepler Prince in his own seat in Victoria. They are Victorian jobs. Mm. We're looking to buy trains. Well, they're looking at overseas contractors. These should be local jobs. So this money goes back into our own economy. You would have heard the debates about ships and subs, where they're looking to other countries like Japan. You know, these things can be made in South Australia, they can be made in Victoria. We are a manufacturing state. We're very proud of that. We also do terrific services. We think this government should a long time ago come up with a procurement plan that puts our jobs first. We're very disappointed that hasn't happened, and it's part of the reason that we've seen, you know, collapses in our manufacturing industry, because this guy has not stood up for the workers like Ford, Toyota. God, they were kicking and screaming just to help out SBC. So this is, this is what we're looking. We want a jobs plan and we want secure jobs. We want safe jobs. We want permanent jobs. We want jobs that satisfies people's needs. We don't want to see, you know, our jobs being privatised out. 
We want permanent good jobs here in Victoria, and that's what the first thing we're asking for. But if you go to other unions, we all have different asks as well. So para, um, paramedics have been asking to be paid properly. You know, if you go across the border, you know, paramedics are being paid $25,000 more. Well, they are better trained here than any other state, and yet they get dudded. We need to look after the people that look after us, and paramedics should get a good deal. Um, firefighters are looking, you know, out for all of us. You know, they want more firefighters to keep our community safe. We've got teachers that are, you know, wanting to make sure that classroom sizes are, you know, small enough that kids get the attention that they need. They want to see TAFE, you know, reinvested in. We want a public TAFE system that's strong. We don't want to see RTOs offering, you know, at times some pretty dodgy courses for some pretty poor outcomes that are for bad for workers. But if you're a small businessman or even an, even a large employer, it'd be bad for them too. So there's a whole range of things that we're asking for, um, and we are yet to see Dennis Napstein stump up for any of them. Now, how can we make sure that these things come about? If the polls are right, a Labor government comes in, how's Trades Hall going to make sure that these promises come true and that these demands are met by the new Labor government? So there's two things we've got to do. First thing, we've got to get there. So mm-hmm. polls are just polls. Yep. The only, you know, every politician will tell you the only poll that counts is election day, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're right in one sense about that. Um, Trades Hall needs volunteers to get involved to finish this job. If we want to make Dennis Napstein a one-term Premier and then Tony Abbott a one-term Prime Minister, this is the best way to go. We knock off one Liberal, then we knock off the left. Um, so we need volunteers. Um, mm-hmm. And... To get those volunteers, you should go to weareunion.org.au. That's weareunion.org.au. Don't go to .org. You need the AU. .org will take you to a Christian site. <laughs> we want you to go straight to the union site. Yeah. Um, if not, you know you can email me personally, Al Hilakari, H-I-L-A-K-A-R-I, at vthc.org.au, because we want to get you involved. We need people for polling day. We need people to make phone calls. We need people to street stalls. We need people to knock doors. Now, um, and the more people we get, the more change. Now, you had a second to your question, right? Yeah. What are we going to do to keep people... That's right. You know, if the government change, how are we going to keep people accountable? Yep. Well, that's our big job, right? Mm-hmm. right? We've got... There'll be a bunch of promises made, and it's the job of the Labor movement to be just as strong on the Labor Party as we would the Liberal Party. Because mm-hmm. we need these commitments, and we need them right now. Things like the Silencing Act. Mm-hmm. You know, when that Silencing Act went through, we were bitterly disappointed... Both Labor and the Greens came out and opposed it. We need to make sure that in that first year that that act gets repealed. Yeah. So stuff, stuff like that, if we have to hit the streets to do it, we'll hit the streets. But we want to make sure that stuff that has been promised gets delivered. We need to hold every politician to account because that's how the Labor movement gets respect. Now, again, um, if people just want to turn up, it's Monday nights, isn't it? At 6 o'clock, people can turn up to, to volunteer at the Trades yeah. Hall. Monday nights or Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock at Trades Hall, corner mm-hmm. Ligon on Victoria Street. If you can't make it there because you live in Geelong, just go 6 o'clock to the Geelong Trades and Labor Council and we'll be phone calling people from there too. Fantastic. All right, well, I know I'll be going along. I've, I haven't gone as many times as during the federal election, <laughs> but I have been busy. But, yeah, definitely be going along and I encourage all the listeners to come along as well. It's a... It's a great thing to do. I mean, the the reception we've got from most of the people we call is has been very positive as well with the door knocking, the reception we get from 
most people we door knock it has been very positive, especially when you're door knocking next to a firefighter or an ambo, and it's, you know you tell them why why ambos and firefighters need a different government and need a better government. And and it's just so good. Like the people out there are terrific. When we're calling, we're calling fellow union members. Mm-hmm. Isn't an easier conversation doing the world? And when we're door knocking. We're door knocking with firefighters and paramedics and teachers and nurses and everyone else. And those conversations are just sensational. Um, lastly, um, you know, if you want to make a big difference, we need your help for election day. Just do a couple of hours with us election day and that night we'll have a big party because we'll know that if we've knocked off Dennis Napstein, we are very close to knocking off Tony Abbott. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Great to hear from you. And I'm sure we'll be doing an interview after the election with a uh, totally new government. Looking forward to it, comrade. Great. Thank you. That was Luke Hilakari, the Victorian State Secretary of the Trades Hall Council, talking about the We Are Union campaign. And that does it for this edition of Stick Together. I'm Diana Beaumont, and I'd like to thank our guests on this week's program, Luke Hilakari, the State Secretary of the Trades Hall Council, and Mitchell Coe, organiser for the Australian Services Union in Victoria. Thank you also to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for its financial support of the program. And of course, thank you for listening. Hope you can tune in again at the same time next week. matrix here is that, you know, the media and other corporate interests are all tied up now 